So it is all the sweeter with the presence of Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two premiers, now a communications advisor. Happy Friday, Deb Hutton. Happy Friday, John. And I have to say, you asked in the last hour whether kids still play outside after dinner. Yeah. And I can tell you in my neighborhood, the answer is yes. We have a little girl who routinely rings the doorbell and gathers all the, uh, I think we've got five girls between eight and 10 on our little half block and she gathers them outside. I like that. It's and, wonderful. Yeah. Well, now, the I difference have... is, it, it's not when the streetlights come on, they don't come home. That used to be yeah. the yeah. thing for me. Now, well before dark, uh, one of the moms sends a text to the other and says, you know, send Maitland home kind of thing. Yeah. That's okay. the only I difference. Was, I always remember, and I guess, you know, few things change in life. Mr. Bedford would come out on the back porch and call everybody's names out, and they'd have to go home. Clark! Susan, Elaine. Anyway, uh, listen, let's <laughs> dig into the news, and we certainly have plenty of it today, including a guy who was menacing the mayor's debate yesterday. They ended up calling the debate off, and some of the campaigners decided they would call off the campaign for the day. I'm going to find out this morning if everybody's back on the trail and if there are security measures, but what do you make of this? Because it's easy to either underplay or overplay it. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I have my own personal view of what's the right thing to do. I'm not going to judge the others necessarily. I will say, however, I was extremely proud of my candidate, Anna Bailau, who said, as long as our volunteers are safe, as long as my family isn't a threat... I am not going to stop campaigning as a result of this. Uh, so we made no changes to the campaign. We did have a discussion. Been some small uh, changes to our campaign office and some things like that. Uh, but she said, onward, I am not going to let somebody uh, trample democracy the way he was going to do if, if he was allowed to continue to be a threat. Okay. Well, as long as nobody says the phrase Toronto has lost its innocence, I think we can move on. <laughs> I always hate that. It's like Doris Day. How many times is it going to happen? Um, the effort, apparently, to defund, or at least the sentiment that Catholic schools should be defunded and we should just have one universal board, um, seemed to be heating up in the wake of this flag flap. Yeah, well, no surprise, right? I mean, this was absolutely ridiculous uh, at any time, probably in the last decade, let alone 2023. I mean, it, it just, how could you respond other than negatively to the ridiculous decision by the York Catholic Board? I will say the other problem with the Catholic Board, so they do, boards, plural, they do themselves no favor. The uh, OECTA, Ontario English Catholic Teachers Association, were out far more when it came to work to rule and on strikes both before the pandemic and threatening sort of at the end of the pandemic. And it, we lost a lot of kids in my child's school. There is no doubt that Catholic enrollment is declining, and it's for these very legitimate reasons. Now then I become the selfish mom who says my kid's school is far better than the neighborhood Toronto district school. So I love my school, put the kids in the Catholic school, and that's the problem you have. You have parents like me who say, sure, it's ridiculous that we have two boards. Sure, it's ridiculous what many of the Catholic boards are doing, but goddamn, I love my school. And that's why it's a political problem. Here's a story we've been following for quite some time. Minden, Ontario, where the emergency room has closed. Now you've got to go 25 kilometers away to another emergency room. And some people are being very critical. Maybe they would have been critical no matter what she did of the local MPP named Lori Scott. They're saying she didn't do enough about it. 
Yeah, I know Lori quite well, and she is a fighter for her community, so I find that hard to believe without knowing exactly what happened. I will say this is a tough issue. We dealt with this in the Mike Harris years. We had a restructuring commission that looked at small and, and rural hospitals, and the reality is these hospitals are not well-equipped to deal with real emergencies. They do not have, they just can't have the um, expertise when it comes to doctors and, and specialists. They just can't. There is no amount of money that would allow for all of these small hospitals to have state-of-the-art equipment and staff. And so I, I understand, I come from Listowel, I understand how important that Listowel hospital is to our community, but I also know that when push comes to shove, you don't want your loved one, quite frankly, in the Minden Hospital. You want them at a bigger, more regional center. So it's tough. It is It is hospitals like schools and churches are sort of uh, mainstays of our communities. But if you really stop and think about the overall good when it comes to healthcare, we need bigger, better, newer hospitals, not a whole bunch of small ones. Looks like a showdown between the federal government and social media platforms is heating up. Facebook parent Meta is going to be blocking news for some social media users. Now, if I understand it correctly, Deb, the way this is going to work is, and it's in effect as of today, um, you decide you want to share an article with somebody, say, on Facebook from the Toronto Star. And actually, the Star, I don't think, is affected because they have a side deal. So let's say the National Post. And you share it, and then you will get a message that says you are not able to share. About 5% of randomly chosen clients will lose the ability to share articles. I think this is a means of stepping up the fight against the feds, but they insist it's an experiment to see how it's all going to work. Yeah, well, that's crap. It is, of course, a, a fight against the feds. And, and this is one of the, I don't even know if it was an unintended consequence, but certainly when the federal government decided a bit of overreach into this platform uh, area, I, I don't know how else you could end up anywhere but here on this. I have a hard time getting super exercised about it, though, John. I mean, so you can't share something on social media. I don't use it for that purpose anyhow. I don't get my news from social media. For me, social media platforms are a way of of sharing uh, memories and, and developments with my kids and not much else. So Facebook may or may not ultimately pay the price for this. I don't know. I don't think the federal government will. Uh, maybe there are people who care about it, but man, I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I pay an awful lot, actually, to sub subscribe to media outlets, but mostly on social media, Deb, I've gone down this incredible rabbit hole of watching dogs getting adopted. Or cat videos. Yes, cat videos, lots of fun <laughs> as well. Um, we're going to be talking with Aaron Real from NBC News about this a little later on this morning. Uh, but a new study suggests that there are sort of similarities between the psychological experience of having been locked down during COVID and the experience of going to jail. And I guess if you want to be intellectually pure about it, yes, you could make comparisons, but I'm not sure it's entirely convincing. So I, I immediately rejected this when, when I read the headline of the, of the article and thought, this is ridiculous. And then I thought, okay, but I was not a 80 plus senior living alone in a long-term care facility. I was not a, a 20 something living in a, you know, 400 foot condo in downtown Toronto with no family nearby. Um, so I, 
again, I rejected it. I don't, I don't think that's the case. When you read into the story, though, part of what they talk about is the fact that you can't recall things. You've got no sort of time frames for points of reference. You know, the birthday party, this Christmas celebration, none of that exists. And I will say, I do fall prey to that. I say, God, I don't know when this happened. It could have been anywhere anytime during the pandemic. I do have no point of reference, which I think is what they say is similar to when you're in prison. The the days all blend. Yeah, well, I'm I'm totally with you on that aspect because I'm the same way. Like, I don't remember. Did we take a vacation in 2021? I don't know. Did we cancel Christmas in 2022? I don't remember. Exactly. And that's the part that they say is like being in prison. So for that narrow point, I'm with them because I am exactly in that place. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you. Have a great weekend, John. That's Deb Hutton on the morning brief.